2: The Texas case of a father on the run for 12 years who was on the FBI's most wanted list for killing his two teenage daughters in an honor killing for disobeying him. The father, an Egyptian of Muslim faith, didn't want his daughters dating American boys. He took the stand in his own defense and the jury found him guilty. He will spend the rest of his life in prison we are recording this on wednesday august 17th 2022 our guest today is the one and only nancy grace you all know her as a legal analyst she's a former prosecutor she's also the host of the true crime series bloodline detectives this is a unique series that explores familial dna searches and testing and they use that to uncover criminals and solve cold cases. The queen of crime reporting, I bow to you, my queen, Nancy Grace.
0: (laughs) Wow. You know, it's hard to follow an intro like that. But as I so often like to point out, the star is the case. Yes. And I very carefully do not say the story because these are not stories. These are real people that have endured real suffering. It's not just a statistic or a name in a headline. For instance, the honor killing to which you referred. The victims in that case, 17 year old Sarah and 18 year old Amina, Sarah was shot nine times. Sarah is just a few years older than my twins, including my little Lucy. And to think of someone pumping nine bullets into a little girl like that is beyond imagining. This father, who I would like to point out, has been convicted by a jury, is a jackass, and is the devil's minion, and may he rot in hell.
2: I agree with you. I agree with you.
0: up, what I have to say about him.
2: You know what, Nancy? I covered this case. I went down to Texas. I went down to Oklahoma for the TV show Crime Watch Daily because he was on the run at the time. Little did I know that he was probably in Texas the entire time, right? As we find out later. Unbelievable. Being harbored by his brother and his son, both of them have been charged and will each spend about a decade in prison for harboring a fugitive. But- What what so pained me, so pained me was this is a case and we see this so much where the mother in this case had had made a police report when the little girls were younger, claiming that they had been sexually assaulted by their father, Yasser Saeed. And then the parents convince the children to recant the story and therefore the police drop the case. And so, Nancy, what do you do with that?
0: A technical legal term at you. That is total BS. Complete BS. Because I have had and prosecuted a case where two little girls were raped by their mother's live-in. The mother, of course, sided with the live-in, a phenomena I saw over and over and over where women cover up for the men that molest their children. And... The little, the littlest one, who uh, she was raped, full on raped when she was three, over and over and over by the live-in, who had all the money. He ran all the horse carriage livery trade in Atlanta. You know those tourist horses. Oh yes. Also had a a limo service, rolling in money, and the mom thought it was more important to keep living off him like a parasite as opposed to standing up for her children. On the stand, the little girl recanted. The little girl recanted. Prior to taking the witness stand, she continued her recant until I direct examined her. I had already spoken to her before. The defense attorney and the mother had gotten her and her sister to recant prior to trial. But I went back through what happened to her on the day she was molested. And she told the jury, exactly what happened, what truthfully happened. I have her in my mind right now. She was about, oh gosh, four feet tall, and she had to have 50 barrettes all matching on her head and matching her little outfit. And I looked at the mother, and I thought, you POC, another technical legal term. You dress her up on the outside for me to see, but yet you allowed her to continue being raped.
2: Nancy, I want to ask you something, because you brought you brought up the mother here, how angry you were. And, And there are a lot of very strong feelings. A lot of our listeners have very strong feelings about the mother in this case, Patricia Owens. So Patricia married. Yasser Saeed, when she was only 15 years old, he was something uh-huh. like 29 years old. Yeah. And she says soon after that, it, it became abusive. She says it was an abusive relationship. She tried to leave several times, like that mm-hmm. one time when she went to the police to make when a report.
0: She successfully left the home and went to live elsewhere with relatives, getting her girls safe. And what did she do? She went back to him. Yes, I know. Look. I worked at the battered women's center as a volunteer for nine years at night. I get the battered women's syndrome, but there is a point where when you're getting battered, it's bad enough. But when your child is getting raped and you let that happen and you take them back into it when they're begging mommy, no, then that's on you lady.
2: And she testified in in the sense she gave her victim impact statement, which we're going to play in a little bit. Um, and so, again, very mixed feelings here because she made that decision. She was in Oklahoma. She had set up an apartment. She had gotten the girls out. Days before they're murdered, she makes the decision to come back because Yasser got to her. And I think, and I agree with you, but I don't think anyone will feel the pain of that loss and that decision more than this mother. Well... I, I agree I know. with you. I, I, I
0: agree I, with I, you. That still does not make what she did right. And now the girls are dead. Yes. Murder,
2: yes. murder. Oh, absolutely, she absolutely.
0: Back into the home, and the father, who she knew was an abuser, who was a sex predator on these two very girls, were murdered.
2: Horrific. The it was so horrific, and I want I want to play the nine one one tape because. Nancy, you talked about how the girls were shot. They were shot inside a taxi cab outside the Omni Hotel in Irving, Texas. And what is unbelievable to me is that Sarah, who was shot the nine times, she manages to call 911 while she is dying and she identifies her shooter, her killer, her father. She clearly does it. So we're going to play a clip from my original investigation that's got the 911 call for you 17 year old girl pleads for her life as she's being murdered. We hear cries and then silence. And when the bloody bodies of Sarah Saeed and her 18 year old sister Amina are found riddled with bullets in an abandoned taxi, investigators launch an international manhunt for the missing driver. The two teenagers' own father.
3: Who would think that their father would
2: kill them? I think it takes a pretty evil person to murder your two daughters. He's a monster. Nancy, I mean, she clearly identifies her father on that 911 call as the shooter.
0: She sure does. And not only that, when you think about what uh, not only the girls, but Lady Justice has had to endure. So if if he is all about his daughters, then why did he flee the scene and then have the gall to plead not guilty after murdering them? He goes on the run for years at the top of the FBI most wanted list. He flees contemporaneous with their murder. I mean, wouldn't you expect a father to be going, I want justice. I want to find the man that killed my girls. And I don't care what it takes. And I, what brings to my, to my mind is Mark Class.
2: Oh, uh, I remember I covered that. Yes.
0: His daughter, Polly, was kidnapped, ultimately uh, murdered. Yes. The cops came into his apartment like, hey, your daughter's missing. He's like, here, take my fingerprints, take my blood, search my house, search my office, search my car. Do whatever you need to do to rule me out so you can find my daughter. Instead, this guy goes on the run with the help of the brother and the son and eludes police. Then he gives lady justice another slap in the face by pleading not guilty and making this jury sit through a bunch of lies during his jury
2: trial. And then he takes the stand. The only witness called by the defense is Yasser Saeed, who's 65 years old at this time. And he tells this incredible story through an interpreter that he said, oh, I was just going to take the girls out for dinner and that I thought someone was following me. So I left the cab and I left the girls in the cab. Listen, if you think someone's following you, would you ever leave your daughters unattended? So we're going to play a clip now of his testimony through the interpreter as he is describing why he left them in the cab. Saeed admits he was upset about his daughter's dating activity. I was upset because in my culture, it's something to get upset about. But he denied killing them. For sure
0: did not. Saeed went on to say he left the girls alive in the taxi cab after
2: feeling he was being followed and that he was in danger. I told them the car is yours. You do whatever you want. Since they know how to drive, I left the car for them.
0: What a lie. And thank goodness. And this doesn't always happen. Thank goodness the jury could see through it. I mean, an honor killing? I wouldn't even put those two words in the same phrase. And the thought of them being with an an American boy, that's just an excuse for his anger. His rage, his predatory nature got the best of him. And mommy let it happen. And I've prosecuted domestic homicides, aggravated assault homicides where women were in abusive relationships that were beaten uh, to the felony point of ag assault or even aggravated battery and domestic homicide. I'm a victim's rights advocate, including battered women, but I draw the line at keeping your children in a home where they're raped and murdered. Uh-uh, no. Nancy,
2: what role do you think this played? One of the things that he did is he videotaped his daughters through the years and he would say these really disturbing things about, oh, look at you. I'm not even going to re- repeat these horrible things he said in a very sexual nature, close ups of their buttocks, of their breasts, of their eyes. Um, he was letting them play with a gun he would when one of them worked in a convenience store he literally sat in the car and videotaped it in front of the store watching her and saying to the other sister "Uh oh she's gonna get into trouble for talking to that man you know she's just a cashier she's checking the guy out and the other sister's trying to calm daddy down i mean what do you think i mean i feel like these tapes tell the story i mean they're speaking from beyond the grave Can I
0: tell you how literally, physically sick those tapes make me? Not only because of their content, but because those girls could have been saved. Their lives could have been saved. They could have gone on true as a victim of incest, of rape by their father. But they would have had their life. They could have lived Like so many rape victims, you're never the same, but you do go on. You have a life. You have a chance at rebuilding your life. They have nothing now. You heard that 911 call. The father should have been prosecuted when it was first brought up to police. They should not have dropped the case just because the mommy backed out. Mommies back out all the time in favor of the man. That doesn't mean that the state has to back out, win or lose at trial, at least try for Pete's sake.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to bring in now the mother's um, statement because, as we said, Patricia Owens, you know, there's a lot of guilt here. There's a lot of blame. There should be guilt. I'm not defending her. I am not defending her, Nancy. I am just saying that we all must live with the consequences of our actions. And um, I can't imagine a more horrific ending to her decision. And so I, I I want you all to hear her in her own words. What I find interesting about this part is she's very, very nervous as she's trying to read from her letter. And then when she goes off her letter and goes directly to Yasser... All of a sudden, she's so much more focused. And here's the other thing I want everyone to listen for very carefully. The judge admonishes Yasser Saeed because when she starts in on him, he starts fussing. He starts, you know, moving around, talking, waving his hands. And the judge tells him to just sit down and be quiet and listen. So we're going to play the clip. And you know what?
3: You can keep those evil eyes glaring, just glare away, because this is going to be the last time that you see me. But but it won't be. Keep, uh, keep your clients uh, quiet so the victim can. Well, the victim's family can say their peace. OK, thank you. But I will tell you, I pray on a daily basis that you suffer, that you suffer the pain that Amina went through, that you suffer that Sarah went through. And I hope, I just hope that every time you turn around, you you have bad dreams. I hope your life is so miserable that you wished you would have just killed yourself. But no, you're too coward to hurt your sister, uh, yourself. But you wasn't too coward to, to put nine bullets in our baby daughter, Sarah, and two bullets in our oldest daughter, Amina. At this time, you are nothing. You are a prisoner. You are a murderer. And the
0: devil.
2: Yeah, he's the devil, all right.
0: Well, she got one thing right. He's the devil. You know, a lot of people uh, don't believe that there is a God and a devil. I absolutely believe that this guy, Yasser Saeed, is the devil incarnate. He, em- he embodies all that is evil in this world. And though she is suffering now, and I don't want anyone to suffer. I really don't. But this is an outcome in which she had a hand. Yes. And I am not going to shy away from the truth. She brought the girls back to the devil's den. What did she think was going to happen?
2: Nothing good. No. No. It's... It's so sad when you think that they just got away and that feeling that they must have had, you know, for that one moment where they thought they were free, how glorious that moment must have felt and how sad that it ended this way. So horrible. And that, you know, and the girls, she convinced the girls to go with their father. She said, I need to go back to Texas. This was the story because I need to put flowers on my mother's grave. Then she says, your father wants to take you out for dinner. So the girls... Go. They think that dad's going to talk to them, maybe have a conversation. And I think children, don't you think this, Nancy, they're always hopeful. They're always, children are always hopeful, no matter how scared they are in the end. Really do believe that children, and very often better women,
0: do believe in that happy ending. They want to believe what's on the hallmark. Christmas card, of the happy family and fireplace, it pains me. It really pains me to even talk about this case because of what you just said. I believe that in the back of their minds, in the bottom of their hearts, they wanted a happy, normal family. And they begged their mom not to be with the dad. She wouldn't listen.
2: Just, just a horrible, horrible case. Well, just about three hours of deliberations, and Yasser Saeed was convicted of capital murder. The prosecutors did not pursue the death penalty. He will spend his life in prison.
3: This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you.